Stem cells are often seen as something with potential in the field of regenerative medicine. What are the realities and what should doctors expect? You're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune, and joining me today is Dr. Mark Hedrick. Dr. Hedrick is president of Cytori Therapeutics. Before becoming Cytori's president in May 2004, Dr. Hedrick was chief scientific officer, medical director, and a director since October 2002. Before that, Dr. Hedrick co-founded and served as president and CEO of StemSource, Inc., a company specializing in adipose tissue-derived stem and regenerative cell research. Dr. Hedrick is a plastic surgeon and a former associate professor of surgery at UCLA, where he was director of the Laboratory of Regenerative Bioengineering and Repair for the Department of Surgery at UCLA from 1998 to 2005. He joins us today from Saitori's offices in sunny San Diego. Dr. Mark Hedrick, welcome to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Hi, Bruce. Well, it's great to have you here. If you could just tell our listeners a little bit about Saitori and what you guys are doing in the field of regenerative medicine and, you know, what physicians out there and people could expect on what's going on in the world of stem cell research. Let me talk first about what I perceive the need is. And when we're out talking to physicians, we see a general acceptance that cell therapy and more specifically stem cells will be useful beyond where we've used it as physicians over the past 50 years, which is in the hematopoietic field. There's a general sense that this is going to be useful and also be applied all across the field of medicine. So today, with that recognition in place amongst physicians, the question is, for physicians, where can I get access to clinical-grade stem and progenitor cells for cell therapy applications that are safe and hopefully will, will help a lot of diseases that maybe I don't do a good job treating right now? And so with that recognition in place, our company recognize that the fat tissue compartment of patients has a interesting and robust supply of cells that one could take out very easily at the bedside, process to a clinical grade mixture, a heterogeneous population of cells, and then use those across a variety of applications. So you asked me first, what does Cytori do? Cytori makes systems it goes into, ho- go into hospitals and clinics so doctors can harvest a small amount of fat tissue, put the tissue into the system, push a button, an hour later have a syringe of clinical-grade cells for the physician to use. And a lot of doctors, do you think they understand where this is? I mean, are they about as educated as a lot of consumers out there? Do they think that stem cell is far away or do they think it's something that's close to being a reality? You know, I think that, I mean, I can kind of look back over my practice and appreciate how I perceived new technology. And we hear so much about technology in the journals and in the lay press, but until it impacts our practice and our patients, it's really hard to wrap one's arms around it. And the FDA process can take so long, and the commercialization process can also take a long time that it, even though it might be very commonly talked about in the press, it might not directly impact our practice until all these different milestones are met. So what I hear is that there is this general recognition that cells work for lots of things, 
Cells are a critical element in the healing process. We know just for, through our medical training and that cells can impact different diseases. The question I think doctors have is, how are those cells going to be useful? What diseases? How do I apply them? What are the mechanisms of action? And then what sort of complications and problems do I need to think about? So doctors know the tools. They know the core ideas, but they don't really know how these will impact their practice. Well, I know from my personal experience, I've written a little bit about Baxter, uh, which is, has some programmed stem cells to regenerate the heart, which they use a machine they have called Isolex, where basically they take cells from bone marrow and then they are working on a clinic. They have a clinical trial going to regenerate the heart. Now, you guys are working in this area as well. And this is an application where, you know, a device already out there is being used to harvest stem cells. And, and a lot of our doctors know about bone marrow transplants and such like that. But there are some things you guys are doing in the heart area as well, taking applications that are already in use, correct? Correct. And our approach on the cell therapy side is a little different than Baxter's and the Isolex, and frankly, a little different than has been the standard in the hematopoietic field for many years. The prayer amongst researchers and clinicians was to find that one cell, that most primitive hematologic stem cell in the bone marrow, expand it up, and then use that as a source of cells to repopulate the entire bone marrow. For the bone marrow repopulation, that's a it's a perfectly valid idea, but for taking care of a complex tissue injury such as a heart attack where you've got cell death, necrosis, a normal healing response, followed by macrophages coming in, cleaning up the tissue, and then you've got scarring that comes in at you know two to, to six weeks, so it tends, tends to get reorganized, and then it, you end up with decreased pump function but you have a patient that's alive. That whole process is playing out over many weeks. A single isolated cell type that's grown up in culture doesn't have much of a chance against that kind of hostile injury environment. So our approach has been a little bit different. In fact, the opposite, which is to take the mixture of cells, uh, recognizing the fact that we don't know and it would be very difficult to find out and very expensive and take a long period of time to find out which combinations of cells and what concentrations are going to provide the biggest benefit. The idea is that you take a mixture of, of cells that contain stem and regenerative cells and healing cells and endothelial cells and lymphatic cells and progenitors for each of those, as well as full-fledged multipotential stem cells, and combine that mix and then let the body kind of sort itself out. In other words, let the body's own signaling from that organ, in this case the heart, take those cells and then signal them in such a way that they can improve the outcome in a way that you couldn't otherwise without cells. So, for example, for heart attacks, what we do is we take fat tissue from the patient, we process out the stem and progenitor cells. We do it in a way so that they're safe enough to put down the coronary artery. And in the immediate aftermath of a heart attack, the capillaries are leaky. These cells are small. They go to the capillaries only to the myocardium that's injured, and then they exert their therapeutic effect in that kind of hostile ischemia reperfusion environment of the heart. And we just completed a feasibility study in Europe, and we're hopeful that that data will show that uh, there's a trend towards efficacy. We believe we already showed safety and feasibility in that. And then our hope is to go into a pivotal trial in Europe and then bring that technology to the U.S. when it's okay with the FDA. 
Well, if you're just joining us, or even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune, and joining me today from his offices in San Diego, California, is Dr. Mark Hedrick. Dr. Hedrick is president of Cytori Therapeutics, which we're just talking about is is a company that's into stem cell development, and we're talking about potential products, if you will, that will one day be perhaps in a physician's office. And Dr. Hedrick, if you will, if you could tell us, you know, there's been a lot of news. We have a new president in the White House. He's lifted the ban on federal funding for embryonic stem cells research. Do you find yourself explaining what you do and how this is applicable to what's going on in stem cell research, especially when you just talked about mixtures of cells being used? Well, there's always an educational gap between what's being played out in the media and in some cases what's being played out in the scientific journals and what's going on in reality. And so there's always an opportunity to educate the lay press, other physicians who are doing their darndest to run their practice and also to understand what's coming in this kind of interesting area of medicine. And then understand what we see from a commercial perspective which is what sort of treatments are going to be in the market, going to be widely available, going to have the clinical data behind them to help influence physicians to try this on their patients. So the way this typically breaks down is along several areas. Number one is the cell therapy or stem cell product from an embryo, which is a heavily cultured population of cells that, as we know, the embryonic cells are programmed to make a whole person not to heal acutely injured organs such as a heart after a heart attack. And adult cells, however, are programmed for healing primarily. So explaining that difference between embryonic cells and adult cells is is a very important one. Second important distinction is cultured cells versus uncultured. When you, generally speaking, cells that are useful for cell therapy are relatively rare in the body. And so approach that many people have taken is to try to take small amounts of cells from maybe a liver or a muscle, grow them up in a Petri dish, and then effectively fashion a cultured drug from that. But we all know from our backgrounds as physicians that when you culture a cell, you fundamentally change it, take it out of its normal environment in the body, put it in a Petri dish, expose it to growth factors. It changes its size, its shape, its phenotype, and becomes a different entity altogether, which may or may not be advantageous for the patient. So whether something's cultured or non-cultured is important. And then third, is it the patient's own cell or is it allogeneic? There's no getting around the fact that an allogeneic cell gets rejected, just like an allogeneic organ transplantation gets rejected. So as we begin to think through how to develop our technology as first as myself as a physician and researcher then in the, in the business world, we try to keep things relatively simple, straightforward. We felt like that would give us a straight pathway through the FDA and into, into the hospital. So we've kept our therapy adult only, non-cultured, so it's fresh out of the body without the weeks and the process involved in cell culture, and all autologous, so the cells had the best chance of of living within inside the, the host and not being rejected. So explaining those key elements and embryonic versus adult is part of that to physicians and, and lay press and others has been an important part of what we've tried to do as we've communicated this technology to the to outside parties. 
And then a lot of people don't understand that the first, although Geron is going into clinical trials this year with an embryonic stem cell product, they're just beginning human trials. A lot of people don't realize that the first product on the market will probably be of the adult variety. Yeah, and I would take that out of the future tense and put it in into the past tense. And to give you an indication of, of what we're doing, we're selling our technology into 30 countries around the world today. We've been doing so since the early part of 2008. We've treated best estimates around 400 patients using the stem and regenerative cells from a patient's own fat tissue back into the patient. The applications in which patients have been treated using the technology that's on sale outside the U.S., but today in the market, has been for breast cancer reconstruction, for the treatment of stress urinary incontinence in men after radical prostatectomy, chronic non-healing radiation ulcers, myocardial ischemia, either acute or chronic, liver insufficiency, and many other things that are either have had one-off therapies or their trials that are in the process of starting. Well, with that, I'd like to thank Dr. Mark Hedrick, who's been our guest. He's the president of Cytori Therapeutics. And as you've just heard, they are getting into the realities of stem cell. Field of regenerative medicine is definitely on the move and has real products and, and real sales and real applications to what our physicians are doing out there. I'm Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune. I've been your host, and you've been listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. ReachMD, online, on demand, and on the air. Please visit us at ReachMD.com, and I'd like to thank you today for listening.